Welcome to General Conference. Press on. Hold fast. Heed not. If we want to find balance in life, and if we want the Savior to lift us heavenward, then our commitment to Him and His gospel can't be casual or occasional. You're stronger than you think. Help is available from others and especially from God. You are loved and valued and needed. We need you. Fear not and believe only. When the storms in life come, you can be steady because you are standing on the rock of your faith in Jesus Christ. We have never needed positive spiritual momentum more than we do now to counteract the speed with which evil and the darker signs of times are intensifying. The kingdom of glory we receive in the final judgment is determined by the laws we chose to abide in our Heavenly Father's loving plan. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to General Conference Review, the podcast all about what the prophets, seers, and revelators of these last days share at General Conference. And we ask the important question, how have we taken what we have heard in General Conference and applied those principles into our lives? And welcome back to General Conference Review. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Beamer, and with me today is my good friend, uh, Todd Bruce. <coughs> Hello, Todd. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Uh, last podcast you did yourself, uh, apparently it was amazing. Oh, I've not I, actually heard that. I just know that you're amazing. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, I it felt like a regular podcast, but I kept cutting you off every time you went to the <laughs> so much to say that you never needed to chime in (laughs) just it was so good uh yeah well it's great to be back visiting with you again and going over this talk and today's talk is by elder neil l anderson of the quorum of the 12 apostles called following jesus being a peacemaker so it's following jesus being a peacemaker by elder anderson from the April 2022 General Conference. <clears throat> and so this talk is a little bit different than the, the few ones we've gone through previously. This is more just, there's some good stuff here for sure. This is a good talk, some really good key principles here. Uh, but a lot of the, what I found of value of this talk is the idea of how to be a peacemaker and trying to enforce that more or impress that more in our lives. It goes through talking about social media and stuff like that. and lots of things about what a peacemaker should be or could be. And then it gives some examples of some s- situations like that. Oh, definitely. It, it reminds yeah. me sorry, uh, of President Nelson's uh, broadcast he did, like beginning of COVID, about gratitude. Mm. And it was, it's to me, this is like a, a, a shift in our mind, uh, a mind shift, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, of, 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 a shifting mind. Shifting our mind of, um, you know, being one way and then choosing to be better. Uh, mm-hmm. And he gives, you're right, he gives some great examples. 
uh, and it's not uh, it's 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 not full of zingers or one-liners necessarily, but it's it's important uh, doctrine for us. It helps us to just be that much better. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, and being a peacemaker sometimes seems like a a simple thing, and then you get into situations like this is not simple. <laughs> this is hard. Very hard. Yeah. So. I guess we'll just start and get into here. Uh, first, he talks about social media and just how social media works, et cetera, et cetera. We're not going to go there, jump into there, but he does talk about how quickly stuff can go through social media, whether it's true or false or kind or, or mean, and just giving us an, an opportunity to think about, hey, maybe we should be more considerate of when we're using social media. I uh, I I think I shared this before, but I know like a couple of years ago, five, four or five years ago, I was getting ready to delete all my social media. I was just sick of all the negativity, and mm-hmm. I had a a shift in in my own mind that well, maybe I shouldn't delete it so much as change what I focus on. And so I stopped mm-hmm. following certain people. I started following you know the church and 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 uh, church leaders and and you know more positive accounts and it's it's made a difference and uh you know kind of i think if we all did that it would be a little bit better and we're going to get into social media or personal interaction or how we can just be better 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 Mm -hmm. in in our life and it helped the world to be a little bit better that's that's a good comment and i i notice sometimes with me and my thought is uh sometimes we differentiate uh Kevin Beamer as a person versus Kevin Beamer in different situations. And sometimes as society, we differentiate between who we are on social media versus who we are in real life. Yeah. And we do things that we wouldn't maybe normally do in a face-to-face setting. <laughs> and that's just something to think about is how can we improve that we're uplifting people and trying to help make peace rather than uh, I used to be really good at trying to mock people or say something that I thought was funny or troll people. And (laughs) it's, it's not helpful. It's just sarcasm and cynic. Yeah. That's my, that was my MO for many, many, many years, but it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not helpful. No. Um, It reminds me of a a story. Oh, a whole timer. We wanted to climb a bunch of mountains and needed a climbing team. And he, uh, and he, put together the best climbing team he could but he didn't go with the most skilled and somebody was asking why didn't you bring this guy or that guy or whoever why why'd you go with these people and he goes well i i uh, at my age and he ran businesses and he was wealthy and he goes at my age and in my status i cannot afford to waste time on negativity that i need yeah. i need to be positive i need people around me who are going to be positive i don't need the most skilled people to get me up a mountain i need to be um, I need to be uh, uplifted <laughs> on doing what I need to do. Yeah. No, that's great. Anyway. And, you know, uh, Elder Anderson starts off with talking about becoming a peacemaker and talking about, you know, the Lord said, blessed are the peacemakers. And one thing that I really liked uh, a section, it says by the shield of our faith in Jesus Christ, <laughs> we become peacemakers, quenching, meaning to calm, cool, or extinguish all the fiery darts of our of the adversary. And that's a, 
an ode to Ephesians 6, 16, quenching the fiery darts of the adversary. <coughs> and I really like that because it gives peacemakers more of an action, more of an active thing. Oftentimes, uh, my thought of a peacemaker is just someone's like, don't rock the boat. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's sort of, yeah. But that's not what this is. It's not. And the next uh, uh, paragraph, it says, how does a peacemaker calm and cool the fiery darts? Certainly not by shrinking before those who disparage us. Rather, we remain confident in our faith, sharing our beliefs with conviction, but always void of anger or malice. It's not mm-hmm. a matter of, <clears throat> I don't want to rock the boat, so I'm going to jump out of the boat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about, it's about uh, you know, calmly and firmly stating our position and, and giving space for the other person, but um, being reasonable. And they share a great example of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Reverend Amos Brown, uh, you know, after, after there was a critical piece about church, he, he chimed in and he said, I'm, you know, I, I respect the experience. I expect, I respect what this person has had to say. However, that does not, that has not been my experience. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he continued and it just, um, he added, he goes, we can gripe about the way things were. We can refuse to acknowledge all the good going on now, but these approaches will not heal our nation's divisions. As Jesus taught, we don't eradicate evil with more evil. We love generously and live mercifully, even towards those we think to be our enemies. And, uh, that's deep. Elder, Elder Anderson shares, or Elder, uh, yeah, Elder Anderson, He's, he shares, he goes, Reverend Brown is a peacemaker. He calmly and respectfully cooled the fiery darts. Peacemakers are not passive. They are persuasive in the Savior's way. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, Elder Brown's words, President Reverend Brown's words, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Elder Anderson's uh, comments as well. I, I love the line, we don't eradicate evil with more evil. Yeah. Because oftentimes we think that that's what you do. Somebody's going to come out guns a-blazing, and you're like, well, I'm going to come out guns a-blazing. And it's been my experience, especially raising teenagers at this moment in time, that when I come out guns a-blazing, to meet guns a-blazing, it does it has never, ever gone well. Ever. <laughs> it's never gone well. It's never helped with anything. Uh, which is something I'm personally trying to work on now is to be able to say, Oh, okay. We're learning, we're learning emotions. We can, I can, you know, be a little more mature and try to deal with this better. Well, and it just folks contention, right? Yeah. It's not helpful. You're just, you're just inviting the, 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 the spirit of the Satan mm-hmm. tension into your life more and more and more as you mm-hmm. uh, provoke. And as you do, and personally, this is my, my, mo as i dwell on uh situations that i should just get over (laughs) which is so much easier said than done obviously but yeah uh and i i like just like it talks about we love generously or that's reverend brown's and it reminds me once i think i've quoted this before the classic uh parable or story about (laughs) uh someone getting a prescription or what's what's something to a doctor prescribes to help someone in the world and i think oh i'm butchering this uh and (laughs) the answer is love and then somebody says well what if it doesn't work then he says increase the prescription 
increased dosage, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love that is because usually we get to a point where like, well, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I put in some effort and I'm done. And I just love that idea, which I, I don't do very well, but just to increase that of what a beautiful message. <laughs> well, it, it. Uh, it takes me back to uh, just a message I shared or I thought I shared recently about the difference between uh, Todd Bruce and, mm-hmm. and, and how um, Todd Bruce would handle the situation versus how Bishop Bruce handles the situation. And I, again, I'm fairly cynical. Uh, I have my moments. I'm the youngest of six kids, lots of brothers. I've been plenty tortured. Uh, so I would be cynical, sarcastic, and heckling. And, you know, it's a love language between brothers. And, and I, but I, I learned as Bishop Bruce, those, those, that language doesn't translate the same way. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's more about being kind and, and, and um, understanding and compassionate and humble and those things. Whereas Todd Bruce, again, I like to heckle people and trash talk when we're playing a game. And mm-hmm. that's just, to me, that's, that's, that's what I grew up doing. And that's kind of a fun thing I like doing, but, uh, and it's not that there's anything wrong with being Todd Bruce, but I think if I had to pick between two of these people that I'd rather be around, I'm probably going to want to pick. Bishop Bruce can still be uh, sarcastic and trash talk when we're playing uh, youth basketball, but uh, just do it in a kind of loving way. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting discussion point. Cause just like you, uh, I'm not the same uh, order of children. I'm the second born of four boys. Well, you, you beat up your siblings. Uh, uh, yeah. I probably wasn't a great older brother. <laughs> uh, at least when, throughout those teenage years but i'm also a really good heckler and (laughs) i you know you you get with some buddies and you and i heckle very well together uh we have a good time and we laugh and i didn't realize how terribly annoying it was until my kids started doing that to me when (laughs) i'm trying to be serious and tell something and be like oh yeah i'm like why are you this is so terrible right (laughs) my kids yeah yeah, not that my kids are terrible, but just like, oh, this is actually really annoying when you're trying to do something and someone's heckling you and trash talking you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I 100% agree, and and it's it is frustrating, and and we do want to correct all the things. Uh, I like this line here. He goes because, and this is big harkening back to social media. You can harken it to your kids. You can apply it yep. to the work. Uh, but because of social media platforms, one appear to be a multitude of negative voices. And even if it is a multitude of voices, we, we choose the path of peacemakers. And we can choose whether to engage people at work or engage our kids if they're going to hackle us, mm-hmm. siblings, engage whoever. We get to choose. That's a choice we make. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a time and a place for correcting our kids and and maybe we need to be mindful of when we do it. And uh, that's mm-hmm. something for me that I need to be mindful it's, it's of, of when I do it and how I do it. Because my kids are still, uh, they're very, well, all our kids are, uh, very impressionable. Yeah. And those reactions, those over, you know, excessive reactions that I sometimes have uh, are just not great, not, not ideal for them. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's been a learning curve for me. 
uh, of just being a, trying to be a better dad. Uh, while we're talking about dad stuff, since we're both dads, <laughs> um, I, I've had a similar realization, uh, been having trouble with, uh, you know, dealing with some of my kids and by trouble, it's not that big of a trouble, but it's like, there's some conflict and you ask someone to do the, load the dishwasher and it's a big deal. <laughs> and, uh, recently this week, I'm like, Oh, I'm so tired of this. And I'm like, oh, I've got to figure out better punishments for when the kids act up or don't listen or blah, blah, blah. And so it's been wonderful to go through this talk and be like, that's not going to solve a problem. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to personally figure out how to make peace in these situations and not let it escalate. I'll tell you what my mom used to say. Let's hear it. You can do the dishes with my help right now, or you can do the dishes later by yourself. (laughs) It, it works for us. We were like, okay, we're up. And we didn't have a dishwasher. Yep. Clearly. Yep. No, it was going to be way more efficient. But uh, <laughs> yeah, to your point, it's the uh, punishment. If we're if we're being loving and we're trying to be Christ-like, yep. it, I, don't, I can't think of a single instance where Christ really like doling out punishment. Besides <laughs> yeah. maybe kicking everybody out of the temple. Yep. But uh, he was just cleaning up. He's being efficient. Yep. When I clean, I'm usually angry too, right? Because you're mad at everybody for making a mess. You're just like, oh. <laughs> I just clean up this mess. Yeah. Will this ever stop? <laughs> no, but in thinking of that, I, like looking back, I'm just like, I actually thought, well, maybe the solution is to be harder, <laughs> to deal with these conflicts yeah. in a harder way. And then I'm like, man, that is such a foolish thought, uh, Kevin. Such a foolish thought. That is the exact opposite of what will be effective. <laughs> That's my, my, it's the work right now. It's, it's, I'm like, am I, I share with people, having a work with people. And then I say, am I cutting off my nose despite my face? <laughs> or, I, or, is, or is this rational? Am I being rational? And they're like, no, you're clearly cutting your nose off. Yep. It's clearly a problem. Okay. Maybe I need to reevaluate. If you ever have to ask yourself if you're doing that, you're probably doing that. <laughs> I like to say, I'm not racist, but you're probably <laughs> racist. Yeah. Yeah. If you're leading with that, that's probably what you're saying. Not ideal. I just spent time with my last week. That's why that came. <laughs> racist. Uh, carrying on. I love this line here uh, under caring for all. He goes, we genuinely love and care for all our neighbors, whether or not Jesus taught us in the parable of the good Samaritan, that those of different and sincere to help anyone in need being peacemakers, pursuing good and noble causes. And it, that struck me a little bit because I had conversations with, with the sister missionaries Mm-hmm. Uh, our area they serve three communities and they have a lot of people who would like to counsel and treat them as counselors and really sh- overshare their life and overshare their uh struggles with the sister missionaries and they are missionaries are 19 year old girls <laughs> poor things <laughs> clearly they know how to counsel and respond to and so i shared with them i said well let's we'll find some resources you can share uh, that they can call if they feel the need to share, overshare, or you can share my number with them and they can call me. And they're like, really? 
I thought, yeah, you know, it's, I would rather them share with me than with, with you. Cause that's yeah. not, and I, I said, and really when you get down to brass tacks, I am the Bishop of my whole area, not just the membership. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, so that brings me back to, it doesn't matter if you're a member or not, if you need help, come and see me. If, if some neighbor yeah. needs help, we should be willing as a covenant keeping uh, member of the church, we should be willing to help everybody, not just our friends mm -hmm. and family and the people that don't drive us absolute bonkers. Which is tough because usually our sphere of influence is who we associate with regularly. And that's going to be your family at home. You're going to be your work family, going to be your church family. But yeah, no, it's completely true. It's we're <laughs> Christ didn't differentiate and we shouldn't. That's right. <clears throat> we got to quit cutting our noses off. Yeah. Just to spite our face. <laughs> spite our face. Uh, I really like just a couple paragraphs down. It talks about, well, first off, it talks about that the church, uh, supports some bipartisan bills and stuff, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, awesome stuff. But I wanted to talk about just a quick line, a throwaway line from President Russell M. Nelson once thoughtfully asked, cannot boundary lines exist without becoming battle lines? And so Elder Anderson was talking about how the church supported these things, even though uh, most of the time you would not associate the church with supporting those types of, right? Like that's a, uh, <laughs> And so I like that idea of cannot boundary lines exist without becoming battle lines. Can we not have our own boundaries and whatever that is, but still appreciate and love people and try to understand what they're going through and try to help support and do what we can to make sure they're looked after, whether they are similar to us or not. Well, I think it's a matter of making space other people. Mm -hmm. and based with their beliefs, things that matter to them greatly. Again, you don't have to share those beliefs or those standards, but you can make space for them. And it's no different than for, for us. As members of the church, I think we would be keenly in tune of what it's like to be a minority uh, and to be to be chased from county to county, state to state, and mistreated. And, you know, like, why wouldn't we want us you know, and and um, and champion the cause of the minority, whichever the minority might be. Why wouldn't we want to support those things? Doesn't mean we we necessarily agree with somebody's beliefs or another religion's standards stances on certain things, but we we should make space for them to exist and, and not be uh, not be ostracized or criticized or or you know, have to run away. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that most of the time we have similar goals in life uh, as most everyone. And possibly based upon the background, if we had the same background or same lived experiences, we would come to the same conclusion as them. So it's important for us to take that time to, to understand that, to get to know people, to get to love people, to, to, so that we can understand where they're coming from. <laughs> I think that's an important thing. And we can still believe what we believe and they can still believe what they believe and they don't even have to go together, but we can figure out, Oh, I can see why you'd come to that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I can see that. And it's okay that you do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's about just loving one another and uh, giving an extra dose of love if needed. Yeah. You know, a dosage. And that's what Jesus would have done. And, uh, yeah. You know, 
section talks about Christ and, uh, you know, some of the attacks upon the Savior were so malicious that he said nothing. And the chief priests and scribes vehemently accused him and mocked him. But Jesus answered them nothing. Uh, you know, he, he, he didn't spit back at them. Mm -hmm. He rained down hellfire and, and damnation uh, on them. He just remained quiet with the, you know, um, we need to be the, the kind of people who resist the impulse to respond and instead with dignity remain quiet. Uh, you know, but if somebody else is receiving that treatment, we should stand up and be those people to help them. Mm -hmm. uh, and this other paragraph, it is heartbreaking for all of us when harsh or dismissive words about the Savior, his followers, and his church are spoken or published by those who once stood but with us took the sacrament with us and testified with us of the divine, divine mission of Jesus Christ. Uh, and thing, uh, again, another illustration of the importance of making space for others. Uh, but he, he's quick to point out this happened in the Savior's ministry as well. Uh, some of the disciples of Jesus who were with him during the most majestic miracles determined to walk no more with him. Not all will remain in their love of the Savior and their determination to keep his commandments. And uh, Jesus taught us to withdraw from the circle of anger and contention. Uh, and I, I just want to add that uh, we're making space for others and defending and make space and defend those who have stepped away from the church, which is a hard thing because they are the ones that are going to be critical of us and our beliefs. But we can make space for them and recognize that you know, they, they are struggling and that there are things going on in their life over or that we may not understand and, and give space for them and give them a little bit of grace. Yeah. And I think once again, like we keep hit talking about, this is just trying to show people that it's okay to be different than me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, that's okay. But also that I like how you talked about, we could, we should stand up for people when they're being attacked in some sort, whatever that method looks like. And we should be a peacemaker that gets up and says, no, no, this isn't okay. That's not okay in the, to treat someone like this or something along those lines. Uh, I think it's important that we do that. And that would be part of being a peacemaker, <laughs> but we're still not doing it maliciously. We're doing it, you know, hopefully in kindness. Uh, Obviously, certain extreme scenarios would make sure that we do something a little bit different, right? Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, and sometimes when something, you know, bad's happening to you, uh, it is good to just withdraw and get away from it, reset, and it is what it is. Uh, someone posting on social media something terrible about you that you don't even know it's super frustrating. It's super hard, but at the same time, it's not that big of a deal <laughs> yeah, first, uh, in the long run, as long as it's like, if it's a one-time thing, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and getting involved and making it a whole contentious issue or doing something like, uh, what is a war of escalation is not going to, but yes. And, uh, again, certainly don't need to be cutting off our own nose in the process of getting no. back somebody else. And, uh, yeah. You know, we don't have to hide in a corner, uh, but we certainly can choose how we respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are people that are going to try to just get you riled up just to get you riled up. And that's 
not effective. That's not healthy for us to to take that bait sometimes at all. And like this, uh, this this brings me right to this almost the end of this talk with Bryce and her team. You know, like we're gonna have people who drive us bonkers. We're gonna yep. have people who, uh, I are for for lack of a better term, are are emotional vampires. Yep, suck our energy, and it's really hard to be around them. But I doubt we're ever gonna be around somebody who will betray us to the point that Judas betrayed. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus lovingly washed the feet of the apostles, and as then we read, he was troubled in spirit as he thought about one he loved preparing to betray him. I have tried to imagine the thoughts, this is Elder Anderson speaking, I have tried to imagine the thoughts and feelings of the Savior as Judas left. Interestingly, at that sobering moment, Jesus spoke no more about his troubling feelings or about betrayal. Rather, he spoke to his apostles about love, his words cascading through the centuries. A new commandment I give unto you, love one another as I have loved you. This all men shall know that you have love one to another. And uh, to you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that story you butchered. Uh, <laughs> increase the dosage of love. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, and I love the context that Elder Anderson lays for this, you know, famous scripture, a new commandment I given to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Uh, literally, Christ is like, this guy's going to betray me, which is going to feel terrible and lead to my crucifixion, which even though I know I have to go through and the stuff, it's not going to be fun. And he still washes his feet. And then immediately after he says, love one another as I've loved you sort of saying, I know this guy's going to screw me over. I'm still going to treat him in a Christ-like manner. That is something that is immensely beyond me at this moment in my life. <laughs> but I'm striving to get to that point yeah. of, no, no, it doesn't matter how you treat me. I'm going to try to react like Christ in these in all my situations. Like I said, I am not even close to that, but I'm trying. Well, and I think that that's a, a lofty goal. It's it's a wonderful goal to reach. Uh, what in the last time is the whole praying for your enemies. Uh, I had experience where it wasn't even an enemy so much as uh, a passionate defender. Uh, we had a disagreement, and I was trying to communicate my point, uh, which I thought was very valid, and the other person was not having it and was outraged, and just it, it got pretty heated. And that night, as I was contemplating it, I thought, I you know, okay, I'm going to try this, and I prayed for him. And uh, then I had the thought, I don't know what's going on in his life. I don't know what this you know, situation is going to change for him and his life and how he's going to be able to provide for his family or, you know, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I started having these thoughts that I thought that this is okay. I see the value in praying for your enemy and praying for those that you've had disagreements with. And I see the value in Christ washing Judas's feet. I see the value in him forgiving on the cross, all the people that, that uh, you know betrayed him or participated in that day, um, you know it's yeah. such a Christ. It's we keep saying Christ-like, but he was Christ. But <laughs> such a next level thing 
and, yep. and we should all strive to get there. Yeah. And I, hopefully we are. Yeah. And I bear my testimony that as we try to put that effort in, that we will have more peace in our life. That even though we may have whatever it is in our life, trouble at work with coworkers, it could be trouble at home. It could be trouble with extended family. It could be trouble with whatever it is you do for fun. And there's maybe someone there that makes it less fun, <laughs> whether it's pickleball or hockey or whatever. But as we put in that effort to be a peacemaker, I've known and felt this in my life where I've had things that I'm like, oh, I can't do this anymore. This isn't enjoyable. This is tough. That as I've put in the effort to be a peacemaker and try to change myself to be more, to search out for this peace, uh, that I've had complete 180 experiences. And it's with people, and people have changed and, and gotten to the point where it wasn't uh, so con- confrontational and stuff. So I, de- I definitely testify that this is, something that can happen. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, buddy. Okay. I love you, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Give us a like, follow, or rating wherever you consume podcasts or come find us on Instagram or spiritualcrusade.com. We hope you're uplifted by this general conference review. Don't forget to review and study the words of the prophets and apostles, and we challenge you to find something from these talks which speaks to your soul and helps you to find meaningful growth and draw closer to our Savior.